This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early, and we are live from New York City Woo! today, and I am joined by Mike Gendron. Mike, how you doing, bud? <laughs> Is that a serious question, Steve? Uh, <laughs> I am doing okay, I think. Uh, I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes of this podcast uh, giving every excuse I can for why I just ran a million minutes in a one-mile race. Um yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in. I'm doing my best, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, how you doing, man? I am good. It feels good to be in New York on a business trip. Normally, I get my own room, um, but we've crammed a few of us in this tiny little area using an ironing board as our table. The uh, the technical uh, assistance team came up a little short today, but we're, we're holding it down. It's been fun. Yeah, I'm trying really hard with the technology, okay? We're doing our best. Technology got another W today, but we're pulling through. We're persevering. Um, we packed everybody up in a car yesterday, and we drove from Massachusetts out to New York City. We checked into our, our hotel with, with three people and, and two beds and one arrow bed. Um, and then we, we went out to the comedy cellar last night. Saw some awesome comedy. Good time. Went a little too hard. Went a little too late. And uh, got a few hours of sleep. Woke up bright and early this morning. Hustled to the start line. Steve, I'd say in like a three-day stretch, me and Trent are working off like a grand total of maybe... 10, 11 hours of sleep. Does that sound about right? I think that's Came generous. From, from rehearsal dinner before the night for the wedding, me and Trent were the last ones to go to bed. Night of our buddy's wedding, me and Trent are the last ones to go to bed. And then last night was the kicker. It has been... I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, big shout out <laughs> to the newlyweds, Brian and Caroline. But uh, I think last night was the least sleep I got out of the three <laughs> nights somehow. Uh, I, I don't even know how it's possible. The, the early morning start, the... New York stays open late, I guess. I don't know if you guys know this, but back home, everything closes pretty early. Um, out here, it's like 1 a.m., and people are, are some for some reason, still out in the street, and all the restaurants are open. So I think that kept us up a little later than we wanted to be. I think the only indication of like the time last night was we were getting a slice of pizza like pretty much every hour on the hour. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. been, it's been... We've had like four slices of pizza now, so that means... You know, we've been at, going at this for about four hours now. <laughs> oh, man, when my alarm clock went off this morning, I almost hit snooze and decided to skip the race altogether. Steve, I, <laughs> Steve there, I would have agreed so quickly, so quickly. <laughs> our, uh, our college coach used to say, you know, set the alarm three hours before your race. <laughs> Steve's out here still following that rule. We had like a 6 a.m. alarm. Meanwhile, for, I don't remember exactly what time the race is over, but I had set my alarm. For like eight fifteen, <laughs> I was like, "We'll just get up and get over there." But uh, we uh, we like, made it there on time. We were like we walking out. to the start line, and your alarm was going off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is when I would have got up for this race, based on the night we had the night before. So we're gonna get into some Fifth Avenue mile details about our you know our experience out there and what the what the race was like. But we're kind of we're kind of burying the lead a little bit here. We have a massive interview for you guys today. We have Craig Engels on the podcast today. I mean, this was this was one of those things. I mean, it's crazy. We should just start throwing names out there on the podcast <laughs> of people we want on because this is crazy. Like we we say like, "Oh, let's let's try to get this guy on." And next thing we know, we're able to connect with him, have him on. Um, he was a great guy. Uh, you know, so this is our our first USA champ, I believe, on the on the podcast. Um, first of many, right? First, first of, many, of many, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I'll just say a lot of interviews can take a different route, and that's fine. Like, every interview has its place and time. Craig gets exactly what this show is about. Like, he totally understands it. He was a awesome, awesome guest. Yeah, I mean, just his personality and his kind of approach to running. I mean, he's, I mean, he is everything we stand for on this podcast. The guy works his ass off. He tries to find every angle. He talks about watching film on runners. He tries to find every angle to get an edge out there um, on the competition. But the guy likes to have a good time. He doesn't take the sports too seriously. He's having fun with it, and he's, uh, you know, doing an awesome job at it. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into our interview with Craig Ames.
All right, we have probably our biggest guest to date. This is this is a this is a this is a big interview for the for the P2E crew. We have your reigning USA champion in the 1500 meters, Craig Ingles. Craig, welcome to Peak Too Early. Thanks for uh, having me, boys. But I saw Johnny G was on here earlier. I think he may be uh, a little bit higher up than me. <laughs> That's well, yeah, I, I said maybe, but you know, he, you got you're the you're the reigning champ, man. You got the belt. Yeah, I do. I do. Johnny's going to have to come take that from me. <laughs> okay, we, um, tell, so, we tell all our guests that, by the way, just to like, come here you go when they're on. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you are recording from Switzerland. What brings you out to Switzerland? Yeah, bro, I wish I could show you guys. I'll, I'll try and walk you guys to this uh, backdrop. I was trying to do it, but it was too bright out. But uh, we got oh, the, wow. Swiss, the Swiss Alps in the background. Um, me and, and Donovan Brazier just left the room, but we're, uh, we're up here doing a little bit of altitude training before Doha. Very nice. Very nice. And you got a, you got a race coming up at the end of this week, correct? Yeah, bro. I just got into the, uh, Brussels diamond league and, um, I wasn't supposed to get in. I was like 13th on the list or something, but someone dropped, I think it was Menangoy and, uh, they called me and I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. And I had just done like a super hard workout that day, and um, I was I called my coach. I'm like, should we do this? He's like, let's send it. <laughs> nice. Very nice. How far in advance will you find out about about that stuff? Like that you, that you get into the Diamond League races, dude. Um, beginning of the season, I I didn't get any Diamond Leagues. My, uh, I don't know if it was my agent or my horrible last season, but I couldn't get into any of the even small Diamond Leagues. And uh, the only one I actually got into was Prefontaine. And oh, yeah. I scored four points there, and that was enough to get me 13th place in the world. But um, I actually only found out about the getting into the final three days before it. Wow. <laughs> Most people know a few weeks ago. So I actually had to, like, cancel on a, a USA team in um, in Belarus. Uh, so I was pretty bummed, and I feel really bad about it but because they couldn't put um, it was such I'm sure they'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> being, uh, being down and just, like, head over to Brussels and run the race on some short notice. I feel like it's like a theme that we talk about of like not overthinking this stuff. And it's like, if you got a cool race, it just, just freaking run it. Like, why do we have to have uh, everything so planned out and the racing schedule, like so permanent. It's just kind of like the badassness of being a great runner. It's like, yeah, put me on the track whenever and it's going to go well type of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's how it was. I was, I was like, honestly, I'm like, let's just take an RV. It's not that bad of a drive, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, so, like, no, no, it's still a ten-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the RV, you're you're a big RV guy. You uh, wow, when you're let's get going. when you're racing <laughs> in the <laughs> U.S., you like to, you like to cruise around from race to race in an RV. Dude, that is literally the dream. The, the dream is to um, you know, uh, get uh, me and a couple of like my best friends. They each have their own RV. Um, and we're just driving meat to meat, you know, winning like 200 bucks and a Chili's gift card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. But uh, maybe that one's when I'm on the, the downward slope. <laughs> Dude, that is what we are right now. We talk all the time. I love going online and like searching for what was last year's winner? And then is there a gift card involved? Is there 100 bucks involved? And then I sign up for these random road races to get that. Um, that's great. But my question for you is, the dream is to, to travel in an RV, but, I mean, no offense, your RV is a little, uh, you know, it's Don't, a little used right now. Is there, uh, is wow. there a dream to get a new RV, or are you committed to this one? You said it. You said it. That was <laughs> probably the meanest thing. That's the biggest insult you can say to me. Aside from that, I have bad hair. Well, I would never say that. Nobody's saying that. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, dude, I would never upgrade to my RV, even if I had a billion dollars. This is my favorite RV in the world. <laughs> I read that it stalls every time you're in neutral. Is that true? You're tell I don't know what happened when I first got it. It would stall at every single stop sign, every single red light, in traffic, every time. But then it just stopped doing it one time. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And I'm like, I'm like, the engine's probably going to blow up at any point. <laughs> <laughs> but at least for now it's not stalling <laughs> there's just Big something win. about your mullet in that rv that is just like the perfect marriage of m most alike things i've ever seen if i saw that rv driving down the street be like oh man look at this thing and then i would look in the window i would see who's driving and be like oh that makes perfect sense right there <laughs> 
somehow drinking a Budweiser, but <laughs> I don't condone drinking and driving. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's okay. <laughs> so you had an Instagram post that was let's turn track into NASCAR, and we talk a lot about, and it was a picture of you and your RV right off the right off the track. And uh, we talk a lot about like what are some things from other sports that we can bring to to track and field to make it more exciting, get people more involved. And I think the infield with just a clutter yes. of RVs would absolutely make track yes. you know, like more popular. I would I would get an RV and I would start traveling around to track races if that was the case. It would be amazing. It would just suck for javelin and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, and all those guys. But dude, yeah, that is the dream. That would be so fun. <laughs> So what, speaking what of, have some... you guys have you guys ever been to a NASCAR race? I've been to a like the I've been to the Indy 500, but never to a NASCAR race. Dude, in this off season, we gotta hop in the RV, go to a NASCAR race, and get the dream going. You know? Yeah, you gotta you gotta feel a little bit. You gotta understand it to to really get the energy there. Yeah. No, I'll, I'm I'll saying go. us us four, we hop in an RV, sit on the roof, crack a few cold ones. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do Craig, it. Let's pick so the race. Our, we'll the clear race. our calendars whenever you whenever us. you want to go. <laughs> we will be there. That sounds awesome. That would be fun. <laughs> oh, so man. we're we're all from New England though, and I gotta say, I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak for the, the, the boys, but not NASCAR fans. But the idea of being like a spectator at NASCAR is awesome. Are you are you a big NASCAR guy being from North Carolina? No, I'm the exact same as you guys. It's just okay. people people watching. <laughs> So speaking of you being from North Carolina, you got to explain something here to me. This is a really important question. In my extensive research that I was doing, you know, just digging through all the Wikipedia and all that stuff, um, I found that you're from, I'm not even going to try and say it. Can you please pronounce the name of this town? I believe it's um, Pafaf Town. (laughs) Close. It's Path Town, yeah. Path Town? Path Town, Okay, so I'll be be honest. I was just kind of kidding. I actually like thought the P was silent. It was just Faf Town. I was just being a goof. But it's actually Path Town. Path Town, Path Town. Path Town. Oh my God. Yeah, I've heard it, people have called it everything. But uh yeah, I mean it was a terribly tiny town of maybe a thousand people, but it was like twenty minutes outside of a big town, so it worked out. We're like all pretty proud of like we believe that you you know you're supposed to be proud of where you're from. Are you like proud that you are from the hardest you know, town to pronounce in America. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my, my parents moved when uh, when I graduated high school, so I have no roots in there, there anymore, unfortunately. But <laughs> do you have all the Poff Town uh, track and field records from like the from, like the shot put all the way up to the two mile? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually threw shot put in discus and wasn't wasn't too good. It wasn't too good. <laughs> but it's uh, like... my parents actually moved to a, a smaller town. So when I would go home to visit them, it was like, Jesus, <laughs> can you go? They, they're like, <laughs> That's like when a when like a an NFL running back you look back at their uh, high school stats and they led the team in passing yards and tackles and kicking yards. You just have all the all the <laughs> yeah. the random all the random stats from your track and field team. Yeah, they're like field, the best most field goals made. They're like what yeah. The hell? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so so you mentioned it you mentioned it a little bit earlier. This has been um uh, pretty much a breakout season for you. So what changed between you know, last year and this year that has really allowed you to kind of pop and start kind of dominating the, the 1500 meters? Yeah, so I actually started, I got some momentum going in 2017 um, from my college season. And then at USA's, I got fourth to Johnny G by like 0.01 or something. So <laughs> I missed out on a world championship uh, team by 0.01 seconds. Um, and that like really drove me to ne- the next year. So last year, 2018 to like push as hard as I could and I was down to do whatever it was so we went to altitude um, and we spent like three months there and it just wrecked me really? uh, I had the worst Jeez. season of my life I was like uh, I, I was dating this girl that <laughs> I was super stressed about and she was probably not the best for my running career or my life <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know everything was just like I just went downhill real quick and then um this year, I was like, all right, we're not doing altitude. Broke up with the girlfriend. 
it just was doing it was, it was pretty selfish winter and 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 spring for me but i mean it worked and um what, what, like i just stayed in portland and trained and traveled with my friends and would stayed happy and that's how it like worked out you know i think uh it's like amazing how the different elements of your life can affect your running so strongly, right? Like your relationships, uh, when you're in school, like your schoolwork, or if you've got, you know, just other stuff going on in your life, like who you're living with, like you're, where you're living out of, you know, just being happy and like being in the RV and, and doing stuff like that and being in a place where you feel good every day, like just waking up in altitude can be rough. Um, having like yeah. that good mindset is just so powerful for running. Yeah. I mean, you guys know you were, you were, you were runners in college, right? That's right. I, I like how you led with the altitude as if that was the real problem. But, you know, in the in the words of Mick from Rocky, woman weak in legs. So I, I think we I think we know what the real problem was there. <laughs> we, we've all been there. We've all been there, Craig. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is I'm literally FaceTiming you from altitude right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the girl was obviously a big Snappy up. <laughs> the listeners are probably like, what the hell? <laughs> but FaceTiming from altitude preparing for the world championships. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, Pete, Pete Julian, my coach, was uh, did a bunch of research, and he said 21 days. is You may feel like shit for 21 days, but when you come back down, you're going to feel awesome. So we're heading back down in like six days or something, and then we're going to be at sea level till Doha. So if, for anyone nice. listening, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> No, but I mean, I just kind of wanted to go back to that a little bit. It's like running in general. I mean, it, it is it it can be kind of a selfish sport at times. Um, I mean, you're trying to accomplish something you know, big. It's you know, it's your profession. But it's crazy how the sport can has to consume your entire life. And um, if you're not all in on it, then it's you know, you might as well not even show up on the track, right? Yeah, and and if you're too all in, then you get hurt. And uh, it's yeah. a very delicate balance. Like some people are so serious they devote every single moment of their life to recovery and everything but those are the people that kind of burn out you know yeah but yeah i like to keep a good balance of of partying and and running <laughs> so are you are you uh are you finding that balance over there in switzerland and europe no bro but uh, uh -huh. i'm not partying at all i i went to a wedding and a bachelor party for a week straight before this altitude stem <sighs> And my body was rigging. <laughs> I, was, oh. I was rough after that. It was like a two-week hangover. So uh, <laughs> now I'm just, I'm just chilling until after Doha. And then we're, we're actually going to Croatia, which will be sweet. Oh, wow. That's, That's going to awesome. be awesome. Is Where was just for fun or is there races out there? No, dude, just for fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love it. Where was this week-long bachelor party? That sounds awesome. All right. So, uh, I, so after USA is actually – Basically took a week off and partied with my friends back in Portland. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then got a serious week of training in, and then flew into Nashville, or then had a race in Birmingham, England. Flew straight into Nashville, partied for like three days uh, in a cabin for a bachelor, for the bachelor party, and then the wedding was uh, just north of Nashville. So it was it was a rough like six days. <laughs> yeah, if you're uh, if your friends are anything like my friends, it's like a day and a half at a bachelor party and I can't like walk for the next like two weeks. I can only imagine what a week long <laughs> bachelor party does to a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's get into this. Let's get, let's get into some real track stuff. Anybody who listens to our shows know that like we're, we're big time into the nitty gritty of track. Let's get into your training a little bit here. Let's talk about some splits. We're big splits guys. All right, so I'm going to give you a scenario here, like, you know, a workout type thing, and I, I need you to tell me what your splits look like for that workout. All right, so you wake up in the morning, you're getting ready for your day, you're in the mirror. What are your splits like for your doing your hair, combing your mustache, getting that product, and making sure it looks really nice for your day? You know, I, I like to get out really hard. Um, <laughs> I like to comb the mustache. Yeah. It's all a 10-minute tempo, you know. Um, and then I take a, so I take a couple minutes rest, you know, relax the <laughs> arm, relax the arm and then get going on the hair. <laughs> All right. I love it. All right. You, you got an open stretch of highway here, right? There's no cops for miles. How, how fast are, is that RV going to start knocking out some, uh, some miles? Brother, that thing can't go over 55, <laughs> but I'm flooring it. I'm going 55. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last one here. Let's say 2020 rolls around, 
Craig Angles, 1500 gold medalist champion. What, at what rate, what splits are we knocking back beers that night? Oh my God. <laughs> First off, you're throwing me one on the track. <laughs> I'm smashing that on my head. <laughs> and then, I don't know. And then we're going outside the stadium, shotgunning probably three or four. <laughs> Get out hard again, obviously. Um, and then we're, we're, we're feeling it from there on, and then we're just going to pace ourselves and then kick wow. it in hard at the end of the night. <laughs> That's right. You got to have a nice finishing kick. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, Craig, I got to out myself because if I don't say it, one of these two guys are, Uh you know, we've had this podcast for six months now, and sometimes we get down, we get down the route of a take and there's no going back and we just dig ourselves in a deep, deep hole. And so after, after USA's, I was a few beers deep. We decided like, you know, like the geniuses that we are, we decided to record that night after having a party watching USA's and I let something slip that I wish I could take back, but I just had to keep defending it like the idiot I am. We've um, all been there, brother. We've yeah. Been there. <laughs> so so down the home stretch, I may have said on the podcast that Central it's let you have that down the home stretch. And I was wrong. I'll admit, I was I was an idiot. I was an idiot. So I apologize for that. But I just think where my mindset was at the time was, you know, you have a guy like Centrowitz who's a gold medalist in the most important event in our sport. And we kind of look at him as this kind of like legendary, almost like superhero for, for our sport. And you're out there taking him down, um, which must have been an amazing feeling. What does it feel like to take down Centrowitz for a USA championship? Dude, first off, um, he's like probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm still running. Um, when I was in college, I actually – sorry, this is about to be a long tangent. <laughs> oh, go for it. Go for it, please. But, uh, I actually, so before Ole Miss, I went to another college called North Carolina State. I went there for two, two and a half years. and Bulls, uh, right? Do what? Pack. Go Pack. Go Pack. Go Pack. <laughs> and, and I actually – I struggled for the whole two and a half years. But um, during my freshman year, during my first injury, the coach is like, hey, I want you – to watch this guy, I want you to watch every YouTube race this guy has, and I want you to learn how to race. And uh, that guy was Centro. Uh, so, like, and I hadn't followed running until then. I was just like a naive high school, I, I don't know, whatever. But um, so I watched every single one of his races and like learned how to race. You know, he was the best one in the world. And then it was just surreal when I watched him win a gold medal. Um, and then right after that gold medal, I got to race him the next year. Actually, no, I got to race him that year. So it, it was just it was just crazy, like getting the progression of like getting to race him, and now finally this year rolls around, and I'm like I could beat him. <laughs> and yeah. I I know that he had been injured, and I know that he had had a rough go this this winter and everything, but um, and and he he could have won that race. He knows he could have won because he he held a little bit back that with 150 to go. Um, cause I actually ran into him after. On a, on, in a run in, on a run in Portland, and he was saying, like, yeah, I was at full health, but I should have gone a little bit earlier. I'm like, yeah, you should have, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you and everyone else thought he was going to catch me, and I thought he was going to catch me, but um, I don't know, man. He, he just – he was playing it smart, wanted to make the team, knowing he had been injured, didn't know if he was full health. So uh, we'll see next year when he's full health, and I, I want him to be as, as fit as he can because I want to – I don't ever want to, like, look back and be like, oh, he – could have beat me, you know? Greg, let, let me make something very, very clear here. Immediately after Steve had that take, the peak too early community was <laughs> in uproar. I'd say, like, the the most, like, uh, contentious thing we've ever had was the Instagram, like, comments on Steve and just people not happy at all with that take. And I would say me and Trent uh, were not in agreement. Uh, with that take but you know you're over here talking about you know oh Centro was you know not in great health or blah blah this and that and I feel like that's a lot of people's take and a lot of people's sentiment after that race that's absolute garbage we are such proponents of like when you step on the track your training doesn't matter your health doesn't matter if you're gonna put on a bib and you're gonna step on the start line it's everything is fair game and the best man on that day is gonna win so don't let the uh, flow yeah. track Twitter community drag you down over here, Craig. Don't let them make you think that you didn't win that, that you're not the USA champion because you are, and especially 
don't let that loser Steve over there think <laughs> that you're not the USA champion. <laughs> yeah, my, my high school, my, my fans that are high school boys will get you, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I have a bunch so, of people in mullets and RVs coming after me, I'm running. <laughs> I don't think you can outrun them, Steve. Definitely not. These guys are pretty not. fast. <laughs> yeah. But Central, Central will be in full health at Worlds and and obviously, you guys should have a few beers that day, you know, the it final. Will. So yeah. well, oh, yeah, we'll, have, we'll have a couple. <laughs> but I mean, regardless of, of Sancho's health at the time, right? You still said, you know, a couple seconds ago, you believed that you could beat Sancho. Like you have to be, you know, to peak reform running, you got to have that full confidence. And when you get into that zone, that is just the best. I would imagine that's the best feeling ever, for especially someone at, at your elite level, just to like walk onto the track. And to feel like you can beat everybody every day. Is that where you are right now? Mostly, yeah. But, dude, this uh, Chariot or whatever his name is, Chariot, Chariot. I don't know if I could beat him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to tell you. I, I mean, I could fake it as much as I want and try and make myself believe it. But I don't, I don't know if I could beat him. I've watched so many of his races, and that dude is just something. On, he's on a different level. <laughs> but anyone else, bro. <laughs> yeah how much how much uh how much like you know i guess in other sports you'd call it watching film but how often do you watch your competitors and try to pick up an edge just from like watching film um leading up to usa's every night like uh every yeah. night i would watch um as many races as i could i didn't even go back to like the 90s usa prelims you know really? but uh, um i actually after usa's it was like i don't know it's like it's kind of like when you finish the semester I just stopped doing my homework for a while, <laughs> and now I'm starting back up because worlds are coming up. So um, I've, I've just been watching races all day and all night, just trying to figure out how to beat Chariot or how to beat Suleiman or the Inga Britons or, you know, any of those guys. But <clears throat> I like it. I mean, it's like you can't really do much in running besides run, and this is one of the things that like, you could get mentally prepared on how to beat someone. Maybe a maybe a full speed suit, dude. <laughs> I don't want to steal the Ingebrigtsen's uh, <laughs> look, but <laughs> it may be too much with the whole mullet yeah. mustache. <laughs> well, I was actually I was gonna ask about that. When you have, you know, the uh, the guys from other countries watching your tape like you're doing, and they're watching you coming down the home stretch with your mullet and your mustache, do you think they're intimidated by your look, or like how how do you think they react? What, like, what's up with this guy? <laughs> yeah, Chariot's like, what the hell's on his head? Is that a raccoon? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if they, I don't know if anyone really watches film like I do. I'm sure they do. But uh, I usually pick someone out in the race. Like I'll follow Philip Ingebrigtsen a lot of the times just because he's so good at racing. But I don't think anyone's ever watching me. (laughs) I don't think they're, they're probably watching the lead and whatever, but they're they're not. USA champion. They better start. (laughs) Yeah, they better. better. So we're pretty firm believers that like, I don't know, at least, you know, when I was running college stuff like that, having, like, a look really increases, like, confidence level, right? Like, when we, me and Trent were running in college, we had, like, shaggy hair, gross Ooh. facial hair. We had, like, the, the headbands and the bandanas and all this crap. And we looked like idiots. But in our minds, like, it, you know, we thought we had swagger and we thought we had, like, a, a cool They definitely look. didn't. <laughs> how, much, how much do you think that that plays into your confidence like having your look how important is it to you to have your own look um i mean i don't know i just want to ah, dude <laughs> we could get real deep here can't we? <laughs> there's not much you could do to differentiate differentiate yourself in the sport like you could yeah. literally you got short shorts and a singlet you could wear buns if you wanted but yeah. i don't know if that's gonna be the kind of attention you want <laughs> i used to <laughs> I was like, I used to have the big, the big earrings. That was my thing to like try and stand out in any way possible. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I don't know. I, I with my look, I just want to be different. And like, I, I don't. know. McGregor's my favorite athlete in the world, and he's different by shit talking. I, yeah. I, I can't do that. Like, I just start laughing and stuff. But I just want to be different by looking different and maybe try and elevate the sport in that way and bring fans in that wouldn't typically yeah. watch the sport. You know. We and, talk and this, about. Yeah, in the south it was easy with the mullet, bro. It would. (laughs) (laughs) You talk about shit talking. Actually, when we had uh, Johnny G on, that came up a little bit because we were trying to get him to, you know, say he had a rival or try and like create a rivalry for him, and he kind of wasn't really buying into it. But he did mention like 
it would probably be good for the sport if we could get like a little bit of like contentious on the track. Maybe people bump in, push and talking a little, talking a little bit of shit. So maybe I know you're racing Johnny G this week and you could talk to him beforehand. Like, Hey man, let's make a bit of a scene here. Why don't me and you get into it, get a little bit of a fight going on the track. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> you know, you, I don't know if the, uh, I think the, the main news, if me and Johnny G got in a fight would be the headline would just be, Guys in short shorts get a wrestling match. <laughs> you just wouldn't look that cool getting in an argument in short shorts. I don't know, man. I think you should. I think you should strut out to the track like McGregor with the arms waving yeah, and start yeah. start yelling at people in an Irish accent. I think that would, that would get a lot of publicity for the sport. <laughs> yeah, the one that I, uh, people get real nervous right before races, and I mean, I understand that I do too, but um, I really like to get in people's heads. Like when you're walking up to the starting line and everyone's just doing strides and like, oh shit, I'll be like looking in the crowd, like waving at people. <laughs> like, oh, that's I, awesome. I love try, that. Trying to get in people's heads like, why is this guy so relaxed? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. Well, when you're uh, doing that stuff, are you like actually relaxed or is it all just kind of like part of the uh, part of the visual? It relaxes. It gets you relaxed. Like yeah. I, I walked up to the starting line, the final at USA's, trying to be as serious as possible. I was like not looking in the crowd, and then these kids start yelling. They're like, "Look at my mullet!" So I look at the <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn, that's a nice mullet." <laughs> well, it's hard not to be relaxed when you're doing that, right? I mean, if you if you like are tensed up and you're super serious, that's how you're gonna race. If you yeah. like try to convince yourself that you're relaxed and you're laughing at people with mullets, then you're gonna be relaxed out there. <laughs> it's hard though, bro. It's hard to be I, that relaxed yeah. before a race. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think your uh, your point here of like you can work on that stuff. Like like you are clearly working on the mental side, right? You're watching the film. You're you're like studying film, which I I don't know any other runner that like you know does as intensely as you do. Certainly, um, you're practicing like staying loose before you get on the race. Um, I mean, before you get on the track, like that, that's gotta be important. Just like developing, you know, your mental toughness, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, some people, I don't know, you guys probably know who Sam Parsons is, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's 10, 10 man elite, bro. (laughs) (laughs) He's uh, really into like meditating and stuff. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that the watching the film is kind of my meditating and I don't, I don't like post it on social media like those guys do, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of people have different ways of doing, getting in the right mental, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, we, we've had you on for a little while now. We know you got to get back to those mountains and training. So we, uh, we're going to wrap no, up the interview. I got nothing to do all day. We can talk all day. <laughs> I know it's early for you guys. What is it, 6 a.m.? Yeah, I, gotta I, get got another, I got another 15, 20 minutes till I got to head to work. So, hey, as long as you need. <laughs> I see the sun rising in one of your, one of your windows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're getting there. <laughs> but we wrap, up, we, ap- we wrap up every interview with a little game that we call Down the Home Stretch. So, Mike, why don't you introduce Down the Home Stretch? All right. So, basically, we pick a specific topic. Put 90 seconds on the clock. Rapid fire. We're just gonna crush through them until we're done. Uh, your topic, of course, we gotta go with it. It's just hair, just generically hair. So Trent's, yeah, there it is. Trent's gonna, <laughs> Trent's gonna start us off. The clock starts on his question. Hold on, let me get some water real quick. I yeah, yeah. Go for it. Get a beer. <laughs> yeah, get a beer. Get a Bud Light or Miller Light. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. He's doing his uh, mental prep right now. I know. Yep, yep, yep. He's, he's already intimidating me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, here we go. First question. Who's your mullet role model? Oh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Ooh, nice. He's got a good one. Who's got a, who's got a more iconic facial hairstyle? Is it Hulk Hogan or James Harden? James Harden for me. Ooh, I like it. All right, what's what is the best shampoo in the game? All natural, baby. Nothing. All natural. Yeah, the grease. The, the grease. <laughs> Speaking my language. I'm so in on that. Uh, who wore it better, Andre Agassi or Joe Dirt? Andre Agassi, dude. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, who's got the uh, the crazier hair? Is it Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown dyeing his mustache blonde? AB, baby, that's my boy. That's right. <laughs> I love AB. <laughs> All right. Me and you are roughly the same age. Is it unfair that I'm balding and you have a beautiful head of hair? 
Um, yes, I'm really sorry. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it is unfair. <laughs> are you are you overcompensating for like potentially going bald soon? I think that's a, a strategy by a lot of people with big hair. I'm overcompensating for a lot of things right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better mohawk. Mr. T or Travis Barker from Blink-182? Travis Barker, brother. Oh, love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If not a mullet, what hairstyle are you going with? Bald. Bald. No, I'm like just kidding. Uh, Is that coming next? <laughs> how about a frontal mullet? Where the, the front, front. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely get attention. <laughs> Trent, hit him with the last question here. Let's hear hey, it. Uh, can you tell my mom and my girlfriend that mustaches are cool? Mom, dude, I can't convince my mom and girl. Well, no, I haven't. I can't convince any girls with mustaches. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend doesn't hate it. She just doesn't like it. So we're in a split. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I'm struggling with this one is at the moment as well. <laughs> well, don't get too close here because girls make legs run slow. Remember that. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. Afterwards. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. We're going to be cheering for you this weekend. We're going to be cheering for you at Worlds. And uh, I think, you know, come come the next, uh, you know, next uh, trials, I'm not going to be make, throwing out any crazy statements. We're going to be cheering for you. You're our guy. Let's uh, let's let's get to, back to the Olympics. Yeah, bro. Let's get let's get together in the future. We'll sit at a bar and do an in-person podcast, all four of us one day. That Love sounds it. awesome. Let's definitely no, we'll do it. We'll do that in NASCAR race. <laughs> let's go. I don't know, boys. I think we're gonna have to take Craig up on the uh, on the NASCAR. We should pack up the RV, get down there, and, and go watch the NASCAR. That sounds like an offer too good to pass up. It sounds like a weekend that's gonna turn out just like this one. <laughs> I don't know how many of those I got left in the tank, but if Craig wants to go to NASCAR, I'll be there. <laughs> I want to be a NASCAR fan, boys. <laughs> yeah, I love NASCAR. Should we just make a NASCAR podcast? Well, I I think so because going if we like travel around to do NASCAR. That sounds so much easier and more fun than traveling around to run races. Like, how <laughs> stupid are we that we do a sport that's like, oh, yeah, like we want to go have a fun weekend with our friends. Let's go run the Fifth Avenue mile in New York. And then Mike has to suffer through five minutes and however other many seconds. It <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike it broke just... the, uh, the 515 barrier today. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm so proud of myself. I've been <laughs> charging at that forever. Uh, and I'm finally in a place in my life that I can say, uh, I'm just proud of proud of my accomplishments. <laughs> I'm hoping we can. Uh, I don't want to spoil Mike's time or anything, but there's a big uh, a big photo booth area where it <laughs> shines your time in the background. So I'm sure everyone's up there with their their personal bests and, and trying to show off how fast they ran. We're gonna get to see Mike, you know, in that big 515 barrier. I don't know. Maybe he broke 510. We're gonna find I'll, out. I'll be honest. I'm not even 100 percent sure I did break 515. <laughs> so uh, you know what? If we're being honest. I'm not sure I did either. <laughs> it was not pretty. Since we're in the we're in the trust tree here, <laughs> well, let, let's break down the race a little bit. So, unfortunately, I tried to sweet talk the uh, registration lady, but she didn't <laughs> let us all run in the same heat. So we there. Okay, so we get to so we so we're walking. So we're our hotel is unfortunately a little bit further away than I thought from the start. So it was about two two miles to get to where we need to go to to do number pickup, and we get there. And, you know, thankfully I got everybody out of bed in time to go to go get our numbers or else we wouldn't have been able to, to, to get our number. But there's a line that stretches, like, all the way down Fifth, Fifth Avenue. You know what I mean? There's probably a line of, like, several hundred people trying to get their number. And we get up there and I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm a little bit older than these guys. So I'm in a different, I'm in a different heat. I was in the, 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 the 30 to 35 group and they were in the, the 24 to 29 group. Um, so they separate heats by age. Um, and so we get up there, and they're just ripping through people. They're just like, here's your bib, you know, here's your here's your, your shorts, like, get out of here, move, move. And Trent goes up to him, he's like, hey, any way he can get in the <laughs> get in the mile in our heat with us? And the lady looked at him like he had ten heads, and she's like, she's like, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> no, he can't. Just help me out we've here. Had, we've had this set for months now. Sorry, bud. And this isn't like some you know rinky dink like charity 5k there was lines all the way down fifth avenue just an absolute production and like the you know sometimes you go to races and the race directors are like friendly and really nice because you know it's a smaller atmosphere here at the fifth avenue mile you are definitely in new york you got ladies just 
keep it moving, let's go. Just don't give me that attitude. We saw one lady just absolutely getting a little bit of a screaming match with some uh, <laughs> random runner who was like just trying to like go get her bag again. It was. They don't mess around. So Trent asking that question was a little preposterous. Don't they know who we are first off? <laughs> that, that's my response to it. I do think, Steve, we could have snuck you in there. You know, you got a nice, clean, shaven face. And, yeah. Uh, I think we could have put you well, in there. Well, actually, it wouldn't have even been that hard because I'm standing, like, on the start line getting ready to go. And this dude, like, Superman dives over the, uh, like, barrier they have to do it. And he, like, falls on top of me. I got, like, scared for a second. I was like, what the hell's going on? But people are jumping over. You could have snuck in there pretty easily. I could have. I could have. But all all, you know all around world-class event fifth avenue mile is an awesome awesome event one of the best uh, events in in the sport that's why we wanted to come out here we wanted to run it um it was a ton of fun i will say the start was a little bit challenging um there's a lot of people packed in then other than age they have no way of kind of um seating people and kind of putting them in the certain places so the start it's like you know you have it, it just everybody goes you have you know the fast people you know getting getting stopped by the slow people so it wasn't the only part of the race that could be improved is how they kind of seed the start a little bit. Um, I actually got <laughs> laid out. I mean, it's the first Sunday of football today, and I felt like I got hit by, you know, a middle linebacker right at the start. So this guy, who's a couple people ahead of me, is goes across the starting line, and as soon as he goes across the starting line, he drops his cell phone, and he runs like five to ten yards past it, and then he, he realizes he got to hit the brakes, and he's got to run back and get it. And when he turns around to go get his cell phone, he does not care that there's an entire race of people behind him trying to trying to start a mile race at a very, you know, fast pace, right? And so he's just plowing people over. He's laying people out so that he, he hits the person in front of me, and I'm trying to get out of the way. And luckily, I did get out of the way a little bit or else I would have gotten completely laid out. But he got my shoulder, and I kind of got knocked down to one hand. And so I had to jump up and continue running the race. So... You know, while that kind of stinks, it's it's a bad way to start the race. I'm actually really thankful it happened because now I have an excuse for why <laughs> I ran so poorly. <laughs> but that well, did happen. Well, my excuse was gonna be that I haven't gotten any sleep in the last three days. But then Trent over here has to run fast and completely steal all my excuses. So I'm working up some other ones. I, I got some pretty good ones up in the Trent. Back. You look pretty good out there. I, I felt good out there. So uh, as Steve mentioned, the starts tough. There was an abundance of overconfidence, right? You had these guys that there was one guy inserting him like big dude, like had Very to be big man. six seven, six eight, over two fifty. And he's trying to make his way to the front. And he was also wearing, like, split shorts. It was very it was, funny. It was a wild look. I'm trying to make, like, this is like the ambulance, right, that's going through and on the highway, so people are trying to go behind <laughs> it to get their way up to the front. But so many people were, were, were thinking they're feeling themselves a little too much. Probably my uh, my friend here, Michael, was in that boat. But we take it out, and as soon as you're, you're juking everybody, is like, uh, like a running back out there getting by all the soul people. And then I see, like, man, maybe... They can make a mad dash to the front right now and just kind of like try and have the lead at the 800. So I just am like, Mikey, I'm a rabbit. Let's go. And Mikey didn't came with, but well, I tried to for a little bit. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Um, but I put on the hard surge and tried to get up to the front. And I came up short on that, but I did feel good. It was a fun race. I mean, yeah. when you have that like one mile of just straight like Fifth Avenue, right? The whole crowd can see you probably for at least a quarter mile to a half mile, and everybody's making a lot of noise. So. Um, I'm not sure why you guys ran so slow. It was a good, it was a good day to run fast. So Steve, going back to your story with the cell phone there, the uh, okay. So I shouldn't be one to talk and be making fun of people after my performance, but I'm gonna do it anyways. The idea that you need to run with your cell phone over a one mile Crazy. race is insane. Like you see people out there like looking like they're getting ready to run a marathon, dude. This is one mile. It's going to take you, you know, if depending on who you are, maybe 4.45, maybe 5.15. Who knows? <laughs> but, so, but then, all right, so now I'll make fun of, my, I'll make my, fun of myself again here. Um, there was at one point in the race where I am running next to some guy, and at first I was like, what an idiot. He runs over to get a swig of water from his girlfriend. Like, <laughs> do you really need a water stop in the middle of a mile race? Are you kidding me? And then he beat me. So <laughs> I, it, it is what it is. <laughs> oh yeah, the amount of people that had like their phones, their headphones going, like, crazy. I mean, 
you know, we're anti-snob, you know, when it comes to this sport, but come on, people. Like, you don't need headphones, especially for a mile race. Enjoy the race. Take it in. What are you paying for if you're just going to put headphones on and, and, and go run down the street? I'm, I'm not sure I've done, like, a full rant on the anti-headphone uh, feelings that I have, but I, I can't stand it. Like, the whole point of being out there with the race is to, like, enjoy the race atmosphere, right? You got people clapping. You, you like, feel yourself. You got the, the breeze blowing in the wind, right? Like, <laughs> like be out there and enjoy the moment. Um, wear your headphones on your training runs, but you can't wear your headphones on, on your own. Don't have to bring your cell phone. Check that. That stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, um, we need to give a shout-out to, uh, to John Phillips uh, for hooking us up and getting us into this race. We really appreciate that. Um, but we're actually going to head out, and we're going to we're gonna watch the Elites race a little bit. We're going to you know, probably get some stories to say on the podcast for next week. But then, boys, we're going to watch some football. We're gonna, the Patriots Whoa. are kicking off <laughs> week one with a new wide receiver, Antonio Brown, and I cannot wait. It is gonna be awesome. I still cannot believe that Antonio Brown is on the Patriots. I mean, that's that is that is why uh, we we were a little reckless last night is because we were we were celebrating getting the best wide receiver in football yeah. on an already stacked offense. We had every intention of going to the comedy club and just like calling the night after that. We were in the hotel when we got the ESPN update, and it was just like you saw the energy in the room just spike. We're going down the streets yelling to people, hey, was, let's go. I was hysterically laughing for like 45 <laughs> minutes. Like I couldn't stop laughing. I would just think of the fact that we just picked up Antonio Brown, and I would start laughing again. It also completely woke me up this morning, too. We're staying right near Times Square, so you go out, and they have the massive billboards of advertisements and the TV screens going across. And the ESPN was on. There's a big bottom line in Times Square, and it just is like Antonio Brown to the Patriots, one year, 15 mil. And we're like, let's go. And all of a sudden, you just have all the energy in the world. You're ready to break, break 515 in the mile. So I wish the Patriots signed Antonio Brown before we interviewed Craig Angles, because he's actually yeah, a he's big yeah. AB guy. He's got like a, a video on his Instagram of AB. Um, blowing they did like a 100 meter race i think it was like 40 yard dash yeah whatever and ab just blew him out of the water i might have to put up a little promo video yeah maybe that on the fly get a little uh, ab craig angles promo video i like it you think craig can get ab on yeah hey craig craig can you help us get ab on the podcast what do you say here bud i'm not sure we can keep up with antonio (laughs) that would be a wild podcast that would be (laughs) all right boys we gotta go. We gotta watch some uh, some some faster milers, some football. Um, why don't we kick off the bell lap? Yeah, I don't think I can hang in New York City. <laughs> I the second we got into the city, I'm driving and my mind was just blown. I've been to New York plenty of times, but I don't think I've ever actually like driven in the downtown, and it is a just insane scene. I don't know how anybody does it. I was like having a panic attack the entire time then we pull up to the hotel steve's like just leave the valet the car here for the valet i'm like parked in the middle of the street there's like trucks like bombing around me i'm like i I can't just leave my car here we get out there's just people bombing around the the sidewalks wearing all kinds of crazy stuff like having to zigzag and juke through the the sidewalks this place is an absolute zoo uh i have so much more respect for people who run in new york city Pretty much you do anything in New York City. You can't go anywhere without someone coming up to you. Hey, hey man, you want to buy a CD? You want to buy a CD? It's like, how do you have the, the, the wherewithal to just be able to bomb through your day every day, just like head in the zone, not talk to any of these people, not get distracted? It's crazy. Place is crazy. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. This place is nuts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy the Boston bars close at 2 o'clock. That's, that's fine for me. <laughs> Um, Trent, what do you got for people in the bell lap? I, I was going to have the exact same statement. <laughs> Mike totally stole my thunder here about New York just being a wild place, and I'm not prepared for it. Just need to go back to New Hampshire, uh, go hang out with some cows or something, and roll around the grass. But I don't know. I did run pretty fast today, so maybe I am made for New York. So shout out to all, to all my new New York fans and all New York followers of the I, podcast. I feel like you kind of give off like that, like the people of New York kind of vibe. Like the way you had your hair slicked back last yeah. night, yeah, fit in. Okay, let me say this: I love, <laughs> I don't love New York. I love getting ready to go out in New York because I don't know. I'm not like the the one to put on my my nicest clothes all the time. I'm big. Not that Crocs aren't nice, but like I'm a big Croc guy. I go to the bar in my Crocs and whatever, and, and I'm just kind of letting loose. But when you go to New York, it's like, ooh, I get my nice skinny, you know, cords on, my my pink shirt and, and my slick back hair. Uh, I felt good. I felt good last night. <laughs> well. 
this this is this wraps up the first uh, business trip for P2E. Hopefully there will be there will be more in the future. But uh, this was fun. I'm glad we did this, boys. So um, I, I would have run faster, but I definitely <laughs> peaked too early today. Mike, hit me with the Josie. wider one yours like really gets like out to your cheeks mine is a little more detained but we'll get there we're working on it <laughs> i actually well i i was actually gonna start you know try to start growing one a couple weeks ago and my wife started yelling at me so i had to shit all right let's jump into it here um And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling. Waiting here for you to take and drink of. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pain. Desert. 